In episode 17 of MobyCast, Chris provides his main takeaways from DockerCon 2018. Welcome to MobyCast, a weekly conversation about containerization, Docker, and modern software deployment. Let's jump right in. Welcome, Chris and Rich. Hey, hey guys, how's it going? Good, good. Time for another MobyCast. What number are we on now? Uh, 17. So now we're committed to releasing this in order, but it's good because this one should come up soon anyway. Um, Chris was just recently at DockerCon, so today's MobyCast will be all about his impressions and takeaways from DockerCon 2018. And so in, in, we only have 20 minutes and there's, you know, DockerCon took three days. So uh, rather than find out what we did over the past week, uh, uh, obviously aside from Chris, who was at DockerCon, let's just jump right in. Chris, tell us about DockerCon. So this was my my third DockerCon in a row. Um, started up in uh, 2016 in the Seattle one. That one, I believe, was about 2,000 attendees. Uh, 2017 was in Austin, and I believe it grew to about um, 3,500 attendees. And uh, this recent one was in San Francisco, uh, where Docker is headquartered. And they were they were quoting numbers of, of between four to five thousand attendees, I think. So um, I saw a great tweet about that. Four thousand attendees at DockerCon. How will they ever quote contain them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, um, keep going. You know, they're 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 still it's still a T two micro conference compared to um, reInvent. So um, I think they they're okay for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, the point is, is it's, it's definitely growing, uh, and, and getting more and more popular. Um, the, the thing that just blows my mind, every single one of these conferences, they always throw out the stat that about half the people there are brand new to Docker. And, you know, it's, here it is. It's like, you know, Docker has been out there now for five or six years easily. Um, and you still just have a lot of people just fresh, fresh folks looking at Docker. So, um, it still has a lot of room to grow um, and, and a lot of a lot of market to take down. They uh, some of the numbers they threw out were over the past year they've had one million um, new uh, user slash downloads of Docker Desktop. So that's the the client bits for either um, Windows or or Mac, um, which was kind of interesting. That's that's definitely. Um, you know, a pretty large, pretty large number for, for developer reach. Um, and then, uh, like on the image size, uh, image side of things, um, they were quoting numbers in the, in the billions of polls in, in a matter of, of two weeks. So the so one, 1 billion image downloads every two weeks is what they're seeing right now on Docker hub. Um, so Pretty, pretty, pretty big numbers. Pretty, pretty amazing um, with that. So Docker's growing, but I think you know, again, the big thing there is that like there's still lots of room to grow. It's like it kind of feels like we've been working with it for a while now, and it kind of feels saturated. And that's kind of like a, a it's always going to these things. It's always kind of like a realization. It's like nope, it's not saturated. There's still plenty of room there for 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 growth. Right. Yeah, and. Um, Let's see so some of the other, so I think um, this one was was really interesting too because this was obviously the first uh, conference since kind of some management changes there at Docker some pretty big ones so um, you know at 
at the last one in Austin back in uh, April of 2017. Both um, both co-founders um, of, of Docker, Ben, the CEO, and, and Solomon, the CTO, um, were, were still in place. Um, since then, both have left the company, um, and Docker has gotten a new CEO with um, bringing on board Steve Singh, who um, founded Concur, um, which he then um, sold to SAP. And so it's definitely, um, I think the personality is, is definitely changing a bit. I think Docker definitely has some uh, some very clear uh, business goals and objectives now, and um, they've they've shifted a bit with that with that management change, and, and it's definitely intentional. You know, Docker has been around for five or six years now. It has raised quite a bit of money. Um, it's definitely one of the core key technologies out there today for anyone building software, especially in the cloud. Yet, I think they've, they've, they've obviously they've kind of struggled on the business model uh, from a business model perspective. So, you know, great a great case in point is, you know, here we are. We've been using Docker for quite some time, and the honest truth is, we've never given Docker a single penny because um, exactly we're just yeah. using the, the core Docker engine, right? And they don't make any money off of that. So, and that is by far, you know, the common scenario. That's that's how everyone is using it. So it's kind of like. Hey, here's this really great free software to go build your modern um, software stack on, um, and basically, Docker's a non. You know, it's 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 not even a non. I mean, there's just there's just no money there in that business model. So, um, definitely, as a company, if they want to continue on, they do need to find that business model and 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 find a way to to bring money in and, and to reach profitability. And, and bringing Steve Singh on board is definitely. Um, you know, it's loud and clear, like that is his number one focus. And, and that was felt throughout the conference this time. It was definitely obvious that, Hey, this is um, basically their number one priority. And that really came across with, um, you know, their, their business model. Now, the way that they're going to make money is all through their enterprise edition of Docker. Um, That's how they, they actually get revenue. And so um, Docker EE um, was the recurring chant and the recurring theme across the entire conference this time, much more so than it has in, in, in previous editions. And in, in previous editions, it was definitely more about um, technology and innovation and new features or new products or new technologies. And this one, very little on that front um, and instead really focused on uh, Docker EE. Right. And that's sort of sad. I mean, imagine, you know, imagine in 1998, 99, you had been going to a Linux conference every year and then you go to one in 99 or 2000 and, and it's still called the Linux conference. And all you hear is Red Hat Enterprise. You would be like, this is not the conference I was planning on going to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there's definitely some of those feelings where like, like I said, I mean, it's the personality, the, the feel of the, of the conference was, was markedly different than previous ones. Um, definitely not as much excitement, but again, I, I realize and I recognize and, um, you know, I think we all, I mean, we want Docker to, to survive and continue and they do have to find a way to make, to make money. And, um, so I, I, in a way it's 
kind of just it's it's just a necessary consequence i think i think so i wish they would it would be more of a balance um sure because because it, it used to be like especially with with solomon kind of taking the role of, of kind of like being the chief product guy being a tech guy being the cto co-founder you know founder of the company really i think you know his um his day-to-day um perspective was like it's all about just like just building cool tech technology and innovation and just and just really focusing on that and maybe even to a to a fault where it was kind of like building technology for technology's sake sure um and, and to say like oh we can, we can build technology just as good as someone else so in, in particular you know something like swarm to me is a bit of a head scratcher especially at the the point in time when they're doing it with with kubernetes already had just such a firm foothold um, as a as kind of like the de facto orchestrator um, to go and and build your own competing one, um, you know, definitely some some questions there. Like, is that is that really the the, the right thing to do? Definitely cool technology, some some great stuff. Um, some some people are using it, um, but not not sure really. That's the the best use of of resources. So, um, so yeah, let's use that as a segue because um, you know so. You just mentioned Swarm and you mentioned Kubernetes. And it seems like maybe that's where the excitement has gone, right? So Docker was was exciting on its own the last two years. And now Docker is a company. The company is trying to make money. They're just doing the things that companies do. Um, and, you know, I was at GlueCon a couple months ago and it was like, whoa, Kubernetes. And now it seems like maybe all of the people that were you know, fervently working on Docker open source projects are now, you know, their attention has shifted to Kubernetes and that's maybe where the excitement is. Yeah. I, I think the, um, the truth is, is that people have been, they've always been using Kubernetes and it is the, like, it is the de facto standard. It's, I think we've talked about this in previous, um, editions, um, podcasts that it's probably, it, it's somewhere around 70% of, of folks running containers are using Kubernetes as an orchestrator. Um, and then 30% is the rest, whether it be ECS, Swarm, or, or something else. So people have been using it. I think what was really different with this one is that um, Docker has just basically opened up its arms and is giving just a huge bear hug um, to Kubernetes and just um, like, so this is now Docker acknowledging, um, that Kubernetes is the de facto standard and that they're not, they're no longer going to compete against it. Um, instead they're going to embrace it. Um, and I think the, the writing is on the wall there for, for swarm. Um, so at this conference, they basically, whenever they talked about orchestration, it was always Kubernetes and swarm were kind of mentioned as, as just, you can choose this one or that one. Um, so they're always positioned against the two of them. Uh, notably absent, of course, was any Amazon technology. So ECS was not mentioned once um, throughout the entire conference, which was also kind of interesting, but not, not surprising. Hey, this is Rich. You might recognize me as the guy who introduces the show, but is pretty much silent during the meat of the podcast. The truth is, these topics are oftentimes incredibly complex, and I'm just too inexperienced to provide much value. What you might not know is that John and Chris created the training product to help developers of all skill sets get caught up to speed on AWS and Docker. If you're like me and feel underwater in these conversations, head on over to prodockertraining.com and get on the mailing list for the inaugural course. Okay, let's dive back in. 
Really, though, is that I, that is surprising to me because it's not like Docker is competing with Amazon, right? Docker Docker would benefit if Amazon succeeds at using Docker in lots of its products. I, I don't. It doesn't fully make sense. To me. That, that sort of turning their back on Amazon is like turning their back on their stated goal of profit and, and growth. No, I mean, think about so so Docker's. Um, you know, business models really all around Docker EE, and and what is Docker EE? Docker EE is the is the infrastructure software for running basically um, a data center, um, and so it's things like user management and permissions and security. It's um, image repos. Um, it is kind of the UIs and management of of how do I deploy apps and and hook into orchestration. How do I manage clusters of machines and whatnot. And so all of that though, is like, that's exactly what AWS does, right? So you, you get into this situation where it's like, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, Docker EE has not been too terribly interesting to us and the work that we're doing is like, you know, we, we already get all of the, those features just about through the collective dashboard that Amazon provides. Um, And especially um, with things like ECS, with its deep integration with all the other AWS technologies, such as auto scale groups and, and Route 53 and load balancers and, and whatnot. So especially ECS is, is, is very much a, a competitor to them. Um, they, they do give it a little bit of um, lip service to the fact that like, hey, if you got some EC2s, um, you know, that you're running, you know, some, I don't know, Kubernetes on or something like that then you can go ahead, you know, you can manage that with Docker EE. But um, if you're all in, um, in Amazon, then uh, it's really hard to make a compelling reason for why you would use Docker EE. Um, so it's, I think maybe the other thing there too, is that you can say that in a way they don't compete in that Docker and Docker EE is probably going, it's, it's definitely much more suited for um, enterprises that are mostly on-prem or maybe hybrid um, and not really, they're not really going after the folks that are, are kind of like all in the public cloud, um, especially something like AWS. So, you know, I get in, in that, in that, from that standpoint, they can say they're going after different customer segments, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're not going to be in, in. It just feels so fraught with mistakes. It's like, let's build a bunch of management software that loves being on-prem um, and put all of our, put our whole company's bet behind it. While Docker is like the best and easiest way to get off-prem onto the cloud. Like, Oops. Come on, Docker. Come on. I don't know. It just doesn't sound right to me. It's like building management software for for managing application installations on prem is great. I'm glad that they're doing that. And and but betting their company on it and ignoring Amazon, it's like they should figure out a way. To me, it just feels like they should figure out a way to have a pay for version of Docker where enterprises can feel comfortable that they're not downloading some sort of scary open source software. Um, that they can get support on the Docker containers that they have in production on the cloud or on-prem, and that maybe it has just a little bit of features here and there just to, to sort of like get a little insight into what's happening with your containers um, and, and you know, some sort of seal of approval, some sort of like cert- maybe they have certificates in them or something that only you can only get from Docker to sort of prove to yourself that these containers 
are real Docker EE containers, something like that. And then that's it. Like, don't, don't build all this management software and put your whole company behind it. It's, it just seems ridiculous to me, given, given what Docker is for. Anyway, that's, maybe that's too strong of an opinion, but it, it's wild to me what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think this is definitely a work in progress for them. And, and I don't think they're, I don't think they're really executing right now against like a five-year plan. I think it, this is just more of a, a you know, what's, what's going to happen over the next year or two. I mean, all that said, I mean, they pro- I'm sure they've had plenty of discussions and um, sure. you know, they, 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 they've thought through all this stuff and they do have like um, those longer term plans. But I, I think, you know, they're, they're looking at it as like, look, this enterprise market that's out there where folks have these legacy apps running on, um, you know, outdated systems that need to be modernized. It's such a huge opportunity. It's not really being served so well. This is their, where they can focus, right? They can, they can say like, this is where we have a really strong message. Um, and, you know that's phase that's phase one. Um, they are kind of given the promise of okay, okay, yeah, Docker is a great way for for moving your stuff around and getting it off on prem or or just run it anywhere. Rather whether that's you know running it on prem, private cloud, public cloud. But uh, I don't know. It kind of feels like there's still like for right now, um, Amazon is just really not part of those um, those near term near-term plans. Right. Was, it reminds me, for those who have been keeping up with Silicon Valley, it reminds me of the box. Like Docker, Docker is like, let's, I've got it. Let's make a box <laughs> that you can put onto your data center shelves. Like let's make a Docker box and, and you can literally plug it in. <laughs> I have not been keeping up on Silicon Valley. Um, <laughs> But, but you can imagine a box. You can imagine a physical piece of hardware, and you can imagine like making a ridiculous decision to build a physical piece of hardware when you have this awesome software. Yeah, and by the way, that whole thing did happen back in the early two thousands. Um, so back then, instead of a box, it was called an appliance, and that was the big, big way of vac- like that was a whole a trend. So I think so. Maybe coming back around, right? Like this whole cyclical sure. thing where like. It, because it really was true. Like that was the way that you sold your um, your software into kind of like a way of putting kind of tangible value on it as you sell it yeah. as a box um, yeah. that someone can buy and then just rack it and stack it in a data center. <laughs> okay, so we've had the Kubernetes discussion. We've had the the mysteriously absent AWS discussion. AWS, by the way, was there. They had a huge booth, and and the AWS DevRels were tweeting up a storm the whole time. So it wasn't that they weren't there, but I guess they weren't mentioned in any big keynotes or other other types of breakout sessions that much. No, and, and very little presence on the the speaking circuit. Um, you yeah. know, there was a there was the um, talk by Abby Fuller um, sure. that um, uh, kind of the remix version that she did the, the same talk in Austin as well about okay. you know making efficient Docker images. But I think when she did. She, she's, she's recently at Amazon. I don't think she's been there all that long. Um, I, for, I forget where she was, was before that, but, but yeah, it was, you know, in previous conferences, they actually had, um, you know, big announcements with AWS and partnerships and like, they actually had Docker for AWS, um, was, was one of their, their product pushes, um, two, you know, as recently as two years ago. Um, and all that stuff just is gone. 
just, huh, just, interesting. just no longer there. So, um, and there's, there's rampant speculation around the internet that Docker is, you know, they'll be the next to go. They'll get bought by a Microsoft or a Google. It would be interesting to see if Microsoft or Google kind of got into a war over trying to get Docker. Um, and based on the CEO there, you know, based on their, their attempts to sort of clean everything up and get focused on getting cash flow positive, that aligns with with that speculation. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it brings in a whole bunch of like so you know so Steve's on board now and his whole thing is get it to cash flow positive. You know, they're rallying around Docker EE and it's basically all about sales now. Um, so um, that's going to dictate whether or not you know they can get there. Um, and you know, it's, I think it's, it's very much a big question mark on whether or not like EE can get enough traction to actually be a viable business model that sustains the current valuation, um, you know, that they've, that they've raised at. So, um, I think, I think it's, it's a hard road, hard road for them to go. It's kind of hard to see, um, down the road, them going, having, being strong enough financially to warrant an IPO. Um, I think definitely acquisition makes a lot more sense here. Um, and, um, definitely much, much, uh, much more reasonable valuations and much, a much easier acquisition to make versus like a GitHub type thing. So I, I think it's, this is like a slam dunk for Microsoft to come in and just do it. And it's a one, two punch. They got GitHub and Docker and it's all about, we're back to the Steve Ballmer on the stage you know, uh, yeah. screaming developers, developers, developers. Um, and I would say that Docker really is, you know, if, if they were to look at which one would, you know, be at Google or be at Microsoft, which one are they, are they courting themselves to? It's pretty obviously Microsoft, right? Cause they're, they're saying, let's make this easy for legacy systems. Let's get legacy systems on here. Let's build on-prem tools. Uh, whereas if they were cozying up to Google, they would probably think about what's exciting for startups, what's exciting for big data companies. Um, and, and that would be more interesting to Google, I think, and the Google cloud mindset. Yeah, I mean, so absolutely, um, you know, spot on. That I mean, Microsoft, their their core customer base is definitely the enterprise. That's what they've always been super strong in. Um, and so that fits really, really well here. Um, and then the other thing is that, I mean, Docker and Microsoft have been really tight over the, over the last few years um, as they work to bring Docker to Windows and then get deeper integration. So there's been a lot of collaboration between those companies, definitely much, much more so than with Google. Um, so they have a long stand. I mean, just about every single one of these, these shows, they always have some Microsoft person up on stage. And that was true again this year. Um, so they, they had um, one of the, SVPs from Windows, I believe it was, um, as part of the keynote um, with Steve Singh. So there you have- Microsoft is working its way backwards towards Docker just as just as fervently. So you know, at GlueCon, Brendan Burns was on stage showing Visual Visual Studio, and he had a plugin that was only available on his machine. That was like, so I right click here and I put, uh, you know, I click the button that says Kubernetes and staging and. Voila, see, now I've got this thing running right here in Visual Studio in a Kubernetes cluster, and I can see it and play with it right here. And there's my code still on the screen. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, I, I certainly hope that they get that done quickly because uh, while Docker makes itself more boring as a company, I, you know, let's just get th- this part over with so that they can become part of Microsoft. And then uh, if there is a DockerCon 2019, 
um, it'll be a big Microsoft funded event and maybe have some more interesting things and new innovations because they're certainly, you know, the thing is Microsoft is moving quickly. They're not looking sluggish at making new technology and new stuff and their development sets of development tools. So DockerCon 2019, if Docker is part of Microsoft can be pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's again, you know, full speed ahead. So uh, with the AW, you know, Amazon being such a, a fierce competitor with Microsoft and Google um, and just Amazon having such a huge lead, um, definitely can see Microsoft saying, okay, what's next? You know, let's, 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 we have our strategy. Let's, let's execute against it and, and get, get back to those developer roots and getting people really um, coming back to, to Microsoft as like the great platform for, for building on, um, because it, Amazon has kind of taken that a bit with, with cloud being the platform now. Sure. Sure. Well, thank you, Chris. And thank you, Rich, for yet another fun week. And maybe next week we can talk a little bit more about some of the technical stuff that, you know, the few bits and pieces that did come out of DockerCon that were interesting. You bet. All right. Thanks guys. See you. Well, dear listener, you made it to the end. We appreciate your time and invite you to continue the conversation with us online. This episode, along with show notes and other valuable resources, is available at mobicast.fm forward slash one seven. If you have any questions or additional insights, we encourage you to leave us a comment there. Thank you, and we'll see you again next week.